Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look, up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. But before we join Superman, listen. And now to our story. As you remember, Clark Kent, recently appointed a special Secret Service operative, rounded up the espionage ring led by Max Heller and recovered the only existing set of blueprints describing the construction of the radio-controlled mechanical man. With the precious blueprints in the hands of the War Department and Heller and his partner in espionage, the Yellow Mask, headed for long prison sentences, Kent felt his work was over. He was doubly sure of this when he learned that Heller had died of a heart attack en route to the city jail. Then, like a bolt out of the blue, a telephone call reached Kent, a call that warned him of trouble. And the voice at the other end of the wire was the voice of Max Heller. As our story continues today, Kent is in the office of Major Campbell, chief of the espionage division of the Secret Service, telling him about the call. Listen. There's no mistaking his voice, Major. It was Max Heller, all right. But, Kent, it's impossible. Certainly you don't believe in ghosts. Oh, this was no ghost. It was human and it was Heller. I'll stake my life on it. I don't know what other evidence I can give you that Heller is dead. Here are all the reports, including a receipt for the body from the city morgue. That's it, the morgue. What are you driving at? Call the city morgue and find out whether the body is still there. Now, look, Kent, we don't want to make fools of ourselves. The people at the morgue will think we're crazy. After all, dead men just don't walk off, you know. Well, I'll call. I don't mind being thought crazy if it proves anything. All right, all right. And get me the city morgue, Miss Rogers. City morgue, Miss Rogers, please. Uh, anyone you want, specially? Well, the uh, superintendent, if he's there. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. Well, I'm doing this against my better judgment, Kent. I can just imagine what he'll say when I ask him whether Heller's body is there. Brother, once we get him down here, they don't move around much. <laughs> now, that must be your call. Right. Hello. Gardner of the city morgue. Oh, yes, uh, Major Campbell speaking. What can I do for you, Major? Well, uh, this is just a routine inquiry. It's uh, it's in reference to a man named Max Heller. Heller? He's gone. What? I have the final disposition papers in front of me. The body was released to a relative this morning. Ask him who the relative was. Uh, uh, who, who was the relative, Gardner? Uh, hold on a moment. Hey, Kent, what does this mean? Get all the information you can. Yeah. Hello? Uh, yes? The body was claimed by a cousin, a Miss Goethe Stein. Is there anything wrong, Major? He had no instructions to hold the remains. No, no, it's quite all right. Uh, thank you very much. Don't mention it. Goodbye. Bye. Goethe Stein. Goethe Stein. That name sounds familiar, Kent. We may have seen it in the departmental report on Heller. I'll have Miss Rogers bring it in. No, that won't be necessary. The name Goethe Stein isn't in the departmental report. Well, and why does it seem, seem so familiar? I'll tell you why. It was the name used by Lois Lane when she tried to palm herself off on Heller as a foreign agent. Kent, you're right. Hey, but wait a minute. What would she want with Heller's corpse? 
Oh, there's something wrong here. Something that requires explanation. I swear to you, Kent, if that young woman is sticking her nose in where it doesn't belong... I can guarantee you, Major, that Lois had nothing to do with this. You don't mean to sit there and tell me that it's a pure coincidence, an amazing similarity of names. No, I think it's just another example of Max Heller's reckless bravado of his unmatched gall. What are you talking about? What's Heller got to do with this? He's dead. Don't you believe it. He's no more dead than you are. Kent, are you out of your mind? Well, it's just his way of telling us that he's not afraid. Flaunting his cleverness in our faces. That's why he called me on the telephone. Oh, I refuse to subscribe to any such fantastic idea, Kent. Heller is dead. Two perfectly reliable federal marshals were with him when he breathed his last. And a reputable physician examined him and pronounced him dead. Now, that's good enough for me. I... Do you mind if I carry on, Major Campbell? You can do as you please, but you're wasting valuable time. I promise you not a moment will be wasted. And I'll report as soon as I have any information. Kent, you're a young, obstinate fool. Bye, Major. Convinced that Max Heller is still alive, Clark Kent sets out to investigate the strange chain of circumstances. Unaware that furtive eyes are watching his every move, that a new menace, more dangerous even than Heller, threatens the safety of American defense by striking from within. Far across the city, well hidden behind the crumbling face of an ancient brownstone dwelling, the Society of the Leopard is holding a secret meeting in a room heavy with the odor of burning incense. The sinister eyes of a dozen olive-skinned Orientals are centered on a strange, dark-haired woman seated at the head of the conference table. As she speaks, her tapered hands emerge from the wide sleeves of a black silk robe, cruel blood-red fingernails unsheathing like the claws of a great cat. All is still save for the soft, compelling voice of Nita, the leopard woman. The leopard seeks out the shadows of darkness. He knows no fear, but all men fear him. So it is written on the scroll of Sukiyama. So it shall be. The leopard is all-powerful, and we are his claws, Miyasuma. Miyasuma. Rising from the table... The twelve almond-eyed Orientals file silently through the curtained doorway, leaving the room empty save for the woman Nita. Reaching out, she strikes the bell of a melodic chime with a small felt hammer. Instantly, the heavy plush curtains at the far end of the room part, and none other than Max Heller steps from behind its thick folds. A very interesting ceremony, if I may say so. You handle social men as no one else could. Sit down, my friend, and remember the walls have ears. Nazis walls. I could scarcely hear your voice and I stood. One does not tempt the fate. That, above all, you should learn. It is a grave mistake. I know what you are referring to. As uh, a telephone call to Herr Kent. It was vanity on my part. I could not resist informing him that, despite all his cleverness, Max Heller was still to be reckoned with. Even in this business, there's pride. It is done, and no manner of talk will undo it. Now tell me all that happened. It was reported that death came to you suddenly. <laughs> yes, to all outward appearances. I do not understand. You see these tiny green capsules? One of them brings instantaneous death. You speak in terms that are vague. Death did not come to you. As far as the physician who examined me was concerned, it did. The drug in these capsules brings on a state of catalepsis. The body grows cold and the heartbeat is so faint that no instrument can detect it. The limbs stiffen and no breath passes the lips. It is almost beyond belief. So Herr Kent must be saying. Of course, it would have done me no good if I had not been able to communicate with you and instruct you to claim my, uh, my remains. Well, that is another thing. How did you know of my existence? 
Your name appeared in my secret orders, uh, in case of trouble. Fortunately, one of my men escaped and brought the message instructing you to claim my body as Goethe Stein. That name? It has some meaning. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a strange meaning. Herr Kent will understand it once he discovers I am missing from the morgue. I should like to see the expression on his face. This man of whom you speak is only one of many. We have important work to be done. He cannot occupy our every thought. What are your plans? I have none at the moment. Most of my men are behind bars because of Kent. I shall have to do something to build up another organization. For the present, you will join us. I can make good use of your talent. First, we must recover this secret airship of which you spoke, that with the folding wings. Recover or destroy it. Such a weapon is dangerous in the hands of our enemies. Then perhaps we will gain possession of the plans for the mechanical man. I have little hope of that. They have been given for safekeeping to the War Department. But the plane is another matter. It is very hidden in an underground hangar, not far from the factory where Kent found us. Good. Now, we have been watching you carefully from the beginning. Just as we have been watching this man, Kent, and the woman with whom he is associated. Lois Lane. Yes. For a time, we admired the work you were doing. But then you began to make mistakes. Stupid mistakes. The Lane woman should have been destroyed. You were too soft. You are quite right. Your mistake will now be rectified. How? These Americans, for all their bungling, are most watchful. It will be done in the manner of a leopard, with cunning. The lame woman will be first, and her passing will cast suspicion on the man Kent. At this very moment, perhaps the symbol of death is in her hand. What is the symbol of death? There are many symbols. In the case of the woman, we have made use of a symbol that will work fast. One that cannot fail. It is nothing more than a box of chocolates sent to her in the name of Kent. You mean uh, chocolates candy? Yes. Each one is a masterpiece, irresistible to the eye and exquisitely pleasing to the taste. But more than that, each one opens wide the gates to the Valley of the Shadows. For blended into the delicate softness of every piece, is a lethal poison for which there is no antidote. In such a manner will a leopard strike. Swiftly. Silently. Again, the cruelly pointed nails of the leopard woman's hands emerge from the sleeves of her black silk robe as though to illustrate her threat. Alone with her in the shrouded silence of the room, even Max Heller shudders. What will happen when the box of poisoned candy reaches Lois? Don't forget to be with us for the next episode when strange things happen. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.